Welcome to X of Words, a new podcast for the new status quo, created for and by X Twitter. Every episode, a new guest picks a new question for a shotgun quick listen chat. One question, two voices, 10 minutes. Yo, hello, welcome to another episode of X of Words. Thank you for taking the, the 10 to 15 minutes out of your day to come and sit and do this little slice of mutant bullshit. Um, I'm Ash, you know me. Let me introduce you to someone else. This episode, we have brand new guests, like the shiny, shiny new. <laughs> Amazon delivery new, fresh. Mm. I like this. I should have someone in the background all the time. Yeah, just like, you know, color commentary. Like, ooh, mm, mm. Mm. you know, it's mm. like, yeah. <laughs> He's given very much like a golden girl's hand. Well, I'm sitting out on the lanai here in LA, and I am out, you know, on the on the porch. Um, so it is kind of a Golden Girls vibe. So, There's a bougainvillea uh, like shedding flowers onto my head. So you know, oh yeah, it's very Krakoa. Actually, it's like a Krakoa vibe. So before we get too much into like you know Golden Girls and Krakoa, I, let me introduce you to Connor. Hi. For all the amazing things that he is going to say, you can follow Connor at Dream of Argonon, which is D R E A M. O-F-O-R-G-O-N-O-N. I don't know why I did it, like, doubled up in letters like that. But, hey, enjoy. Hi, Connor. Tell us who you are. <laughs> Hi. Um, so, my name's Connor Goldsmith. I am a literary agent and a podcaster. It's, like, still weird to say that. But I have a podcast called Cerebro that um, just, we just finished the, I say we sometimes, it's just me. But I say, like, we as though there's, like, <laughs> a whole that. team, you know? I like, do that all the time. Like we're, I don't know, Letterman or something, right? Um, but so I'm dating myself with that reference. For Gen Z, Letterman was a show. Um, but so uh, Cerebro is a character-by-character character podcast about the X-Men. It's like three fucking hours every week because I can't shut up. We practiced, Ash and I, for like 20, 30, actually, like, going to be honest, like 50 minutes before recording this because I was like, this is a short show. I don't want to just go on and on. So I'm going to try to be succinct. But Cerebro is a long show. Uh, every week we go over one character. It'll be me and a guest who has either a great love for the character or something interesting they want to talk about with the character or whatever else. And um, we do the whole shebang. I give you the whole char- the character's whole publication history. It's very newbie-friendly. Um but it is long. <laughs> I just finished season one with episode 50. Uh, and I'm taking a couple weeks off, but then season two is going to kick into gear. And uh, it's only been a year, but I've really been, it's it's just been really nice. I haven't been involved in like comics fandom in a really long time. And I was a little yeah. scared. And listen, some of you are a little mean, but generally speaking, I have been enjoying myself and uh, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm glad to be back. It's been a nice community, particularly like queer X-Men fandom. It's just like a fun place to, uh, to exist in. Well, thank you. Thank you, Connor, so much for being here with us. Thank um, you for inviting me. I love your show. Pleasure. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Um, this is, this is 10 minutes of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's, that's my synopsis. <laughs> Now, let's talk about a question, because you met Connor, you know me. So let's talk about today's question. Today, we are going to talk about Lourdes Chantal. If you haven't, if you don't know who that is, let me give you a little bit of a download before we hit the title. Most people don't, so that's fine. Like, you know, don't yeah, worry about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's cool. It's cool. But Lourdes Chantal is uh, Shaw, Sebastian Shaw's love interest. Sebastian Shaw is a very old, very fucked up, very nasty mutant who was... Um, 
always sort of satelliting around the leadership of the Hellfire Club in some position or other, um, along with Emma Frost and the sort of other cavalcade of fun people. Near do wells, yeah. <laughs> Not this. You said, oh, hold on a minute. You thought Letterman was going to age you. <laughs> Is ne'er do wells not a thing people say anymore? I'm, you know, all right. I have an old soul. I can't. I can't help it. I do. Um, but yeah, ne'er do wells. Assholes with money. Let's say, you know. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Um, but yeah. So, um, Lourdes was Shaw's love interest. She's a teleporter. Um, she is a mutant. Always loves a big hoop dress. Um, loves a headdress, very like fancy. She's from Madrid. She loves like a sort of Moorish Spain kind of moment. It's very chic. Yes, very updo, very very boned dress, very hoop skirt, very yeah. cinched waist. The waist is always snatched for the gods. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she is has has been a bit of a sideline character. So we are going to talk about Lorda Chantel and when. She will gain her agency. So that's our question. When will Lorda Chantel gain her agency? So now that you know me, and now you know Connor, and now you know the question, I'm going to smash our timer and our X starts now. Okay, so Connor, tell us. What, why, do you think she do, why do you think she doesn't have agency? So Lourdes Chantel is a character who's introduced in a classic X-Men backup story. It's classic X-Men number seven. This was a reprint book that was coming out in the 80s, and it would reprint the 70s material, and then there would be these backup stories by Chris, usually Chris Claremont and John Bolton. Sometimes it was Anne Nascenti, sometimes it was other people, but they were sort of the main team, and this is a mm -hmm. Claremont and Bolton story. It's called Out with the Old, and it's about the Hellfire Gala, which is why they reprinted it in the hellfire gala issue of marauders which is also where which is right before lordis's story came back up so that people yeah. would remember who the character was because here's the thing about lordis before the krakoa era she had appeared twice ever <laughs> once in the once in the classic x-men backup where she dies she sacrifices her life to protect shaw from the sentinels who have just been deployed for the first time yeah. against the hellfire club a little, little bit of a backup a sentinel shoots a harpoon Right through her. Out of its finger, yeah. through her. Which is kind of one of the more memorable mutant deaths. It's a really visceral death. And she is... So here's the thing about Lourdes. In the X-Men franchise, you mm. rarely get the woman in the refrigerator, as Gail yeah. Simone coined the phrase, this idea that, particularly in comics, but it's really, you can see this in most commercial fiction, the idea of a female character who exists primarily or who is shaped to, for this function in the plot after existing previously, but who becomes uh, just someone who dies tragically or sometimes suffers sexual violence or something else, but death is the most common thing to yeah. motivate a male character. Yeah. You don't see that that often in the X-Men, particularly under Chris Claremont, because Chris Claremont was really fascinated in having female characters like Storm or Shadowcat or whoever else be the driving character in the story like yeah. Jean Grey is not a woman in the refrigerator in the Dark Phoenix saga because the story is about her right so it's yeah. like not quite the same thing Lourdes is a rare exception because she is introduced and it's a flashback story to explain why Sebastian Shaw is the way he is and the yeah. reason that he's the way he is is that this woman who's the only person he's ever genuinely loved died at the hands of human bigots and so he has decided I'm going to use my power and whatever to become the biggest most horrible supervillain in the world because fuck you you took this woman away from me so she was character development 
Yes, she was purely a way to characterize him because we yeah. had never seen Shaw have like a sensitive emotion, right? Yes. Because he's such an asshole in the present. It also is an interesting window into the character of Tessa, who would later be retconned into Sage, Xavier's spy within the Hellfire Club. Claremont yeah. has a couple moments in the 80s where he seeds that for the future. And this is one of them because she's the one who's very sympathetic to Lourdes. Lourdes is the person who tells Shaw he can't work with these Sentinel developers because he needs to have mutant solidarity. And Shaw, who is interested primarily in money, doesn't listen to her. And then she ends up dead. That's the lesson of the story. It leads to the Hellfire Club we're familiar with because he kills all of the human Lord's card. He kills all of the human inner circle members and renames the inner circle the Lord's Cardinal after Lordis Chantel. Yes. So there's it, it, that's the story. She then has a very brief appearance in a Ben Rob Hellfire Club miniseries that's just like a cameo. That's flashback yeah. story again. But basically, she's dead when we meet her. Like she's never been a character who was allowed to exist on the page. So yeah. what I liked about what Jerry Duggan did in this story by retconning the death and saying she never died actually is it allows for the character to now become something more in the present. But what's interesting yeah. about the way the story unfolds is that Emma basically just decides how to save her. Lourdes comes to Emma and says, Shaw has been abusing me and I want out. Now, this is so not... His, so so yeah. just, to, just to add in... Yeah, yeah. Just jump in, in, please. I talk so much. Just jump in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're saying, we're saying then that we don't think Lourdes has got any agency because she's always, she was always used as character development because she wasn't really her own character. She was there to prove that a man was sensitive or desirable or powerful or influential. Right. Blah, 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 blah. Um, but then we, you know, it turns out that he's abusing her. And yes. so I, I think this is where the question came from. Cause we were like, we saw this history of her being abused and kind of being. Cause uh, in the original story, around. he is physically abusive to her. That's not something yeah. Jerry added. Like he throttles her because she's questioning him. Like we see that in the original story. So even this woman who he truly loves or whatever he abuses, that's yeah. a characterizing beat. But again, it's in the service of characterizing him. Yeah, and in, in, in Marauders 22, she walks into the room and she's got a visibly black With eye. With a shiner, yeah. Again, she talks to um, she talks to Emma and Emma decides to get her out. So like, but, but before we jump into, um, you know, where, why Emma intervened and what happened there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why was, why did Lourdes, why is Lourdes someone that like gets you? What's the hook? I think it's because, like, I, I this is sort of why I was talking about the concept like because yeah. it's so rare for a, like a woman in the fridge character to exist in this franchise it always yeah. feels wrong to me when there is one like i'm similarly very invested in candy southern who louise simonson shoved into the fridge in x factor <laughs> yeah, back in yeah, the yeah, 80s yeah, yeah. and that was a character who did have a long history unlike lourdes but i'm always just sort of like this is the x-men that's not supposed to happen right like so <laughs> lourdes is a character where i've always been like there's there's something also the design is just killer right like that russell yes. Dodderman cover with her and Emma from Marauders where it's clearly just Penelope Cruz look, and it looks incredible. <laughs> like I, I love that cover. It's a beautiful design that the, the veil, the big skirt, like it just looks great. So yeah. I have always been like, ever since I read that story when I was a kid, cause I was reading a lot of eighties stuff when I was a kid, cause my dad's a collector. Yeah. Um, you know, I was just like, this is a, this character's cool. She is really memorable in a very brief amount of page time because yeah. you're in the Hellfire Club and she's the one who's like, but Sebastian, money's not the most important thing. We need to help other mutants, which is such a weird thing to see 
someone in the Hellfire Club saying. It's not what yeah. we're used to, right? So it, there was just something about her that grabbed me. And yeah. I was really excited when she was first mentioned in the Krakoa era. And then I was really excited about the reveal that, oh, that harpoon never hit her at all. Emma tricked Shaw telepathically so that Lourdes could get out. But it's still Emma making the choices, right? So that's where, you know, you were going to go next, I think. Yeah, yeah. It was like, so the next beat for, for, for everybody here, the next beat is that Emma saves, uh, quote unquote, saves Lourdes by basically making her an employee of the Kingpin, like trading her mutant powers for safety and anonymity, which is, you know, um, your, your liberation by my hand. Right. And, and like an indentured kind of servitude, you know, because it's clear yeah, that yeah. she owes the Kingpin now and will have to do crimes or unsavory things for him. So given that Lourdes is one of the few characters that we saw really early on pushing for mutant solidarity, not human respectability, yeah. but mutant solidarity, how do you think that sits with her working with the Kingpin? What would you, because now we're going back and we're going to have to presumably pad out this history Well, that's of my Lourdes. hope, right? I'm excited at the process, because I don't think Jerry did this just as a throwaway. I think she's going to come yeah. back in the present. And the question then yeah. will be, well, what has she been doing for the last 40 years of X-Men stories, right? Name, name three. Tell us three things off the top of your head you would love to see. I hope she was funding the Mutant Liberation Front. I, nice. Like, I hope that she was, you know, like, can you imagine her talking to Tempo about like mutant liberation politics in the 90s? Like I want her to be living <laughs> and you could even call, she could even be like, it could be Chantel Lord. Like it could be a very stupid comic book alias because Lordis Chantel is very easy to turn to Chantel Lord or something. Chantel Lords. Like you could make a fake, the way that Bobby was like Drake Roberts when he was undercover with Graydon Creed. No, I just mean like, I want stories about her in Hell's Kitchen with the Kingpin. I want her interacting with Misty Knight and Colleen Wing. I want her interacting with Daredevil. I want to see that stuff because this is a character who should have been now around this whole time and presumably yes. she's not wearing her distinctive outfit so you could retcon because she's you know trying not to get Shaw to notice her so you could retcon her into a lot of different stories I would love to see her involved in liberatory mutant politics I'd love to see her like maybe talking to the acolytes at some point like I would love to see because she was wealthy herself and I would love the idea that even though she was detached oh. Hang on, that was our ten. Oh God. Okay, so we have we have one minute. So go for it, go for it, go for it. Tell us. Uh, so you know, just even though she was detached from her previous history, I think that she yeah. has the connections and the wherewithal and the grit to maybe get to have established a power base herself. I would love to see her come back because I would love to get Shaw out of Hellfire Trading. He is a yeah. piece, he is a piece of shit. He is one of the worst characters that we have had to accept the amnesty for on Krakoa. So I think that, you know, if you go back to what you were saying about how Emma like freed her, but did she? I think that yeah. it, it's a really, I like how Duggan characterizes Emma. And I think that Emma has especially when she was the White Queen, which we see in another classic X-Men backup, has like this very strange idea about like feminism and sort of how women can be actualized. And the way that she decides to liberate Lourdes is to indebt her to a, a different powerful man. Because when Emma was yes. the White Queen, that's how Emma had learned to survive by herself when she had left home at 17 or whatever. So... It's, it makes perfect sense, but now Emma looking back on that the, all these years later, and in Marvel time, let's say it's been a decade, but enough time yeah. that Emma is not, you know, she's like 
late 30s, early 40s instead of like 28 or whatever. And because the time scale is all messed up. But the point is, yeah. I think looking back, she realizes, and you can sort of tell when she's telling Shaw the story, that she realizes she didn't actually free Lourdes at all. And so what yeah. I would like to see is for Shaw to finally get pushed out because he shouldn't be there. He just shouldn't. And I would love to see Lourdes take her rightful place as the Black Queen of Hellfire Trading. And I think that the way you do that is by establishing that while we haven't seen her, she's been doing all of this street-level Marvel stuff. Like, maybe she was running a charity in Mutant Town. Maybe she was doing all kinds of stuff that we didn't see. And you can establish yeah. her retroactively as a mutant leader who liberated herself from the kingpin. Aha. Now, and that's, see, that's what I would have hoped for her. Because I think there's a really interesting knot in um, Emma now being at the head of what is a more comprehensive mutant liberation project, having to go back and recast and rethink about the ways that she has, quote unquote, liberated other mutants. And I think that that builds this sort of, in, right. this fundamental conflict between her and Lourdes, because mm -hmm. I would love Lourdes to turn around and go, oh, so now you get it. Now I you had get to break it. I had to break myself out. Yeah, from back in the day, from all the way back in the clinks, I was talking about mutant solidarity, and you bitches didn't want to listen. Mm -hmm. And now you've got your now you've got now your good, you're good on the quiet council. No one called me. There we go. And now you want me and my good hoop skirts to come and help you out, right? I think not, right? <laughs> but I would actually love if she said, "Okay, yeah, but we're gonna play it my way." Like I want because yes. here's the thing: Emma needs, I believe. <laughs> Because uh, Emma's one of my very favorite characters, but I think Emma yeah. needs more female rivals where the tension between them is not about a man. Like the gene. Emma... <laughs> Astrid Blue. Astrid. <sighs> I just hate that. Here's the thing. I sorry. So we could do that's a different episode, but uh, here's here's the thing. <laughs> I just hate that book so much. The Emma Solo. I think it's really bad. And it doesn't gel with her history in any other story. I think. What would be great, though, just to go to Astrid Bloom for two seconds, because this is a short podcast. If Astrid Bloom showed up and it turned out that Emma's solo book is a complete pack of lies, that's just what Emma says yep. happened. And Astrid's like, that's not what happened at all. That would be fun. That would be fun. And that's that is the only way I would want to bring Astrid back, because I think the character as presented in that solo book is kind of like racially messy to begin with oh of course she is so you would need to really read like you would need to say that that whole book is just like the lie emma told somebody about her teenage years of course. which i think i, I be read great. it i read it it's i read awful. it and i was like of course of course that's how emma remembered the black girl right she was so mean to me right exactly she was the bad influence she <laughs> taught me all of my worst traits and right. then i ended up superseding her because of my innate talents and i was like yeah, right and if astrid showed up and was just like bitch that's not what happened that would be great i and so i've thought about that i just hate that book so much that i'm always resistant but i but i think it could be really fun if, if it was done in that way as just like a big retcon but yeah. i similarly think that like lourdes is a character where she's not like a woman of color but she's certainly like she has a diff she goes through the world in a different way from emma certainly in america yes. because she is spanish and like you know she looks southern european let's say she looks mediterranean yes. it's a different kind of appearance and i think that she's also i mean she is foreign like she's from madrid and emma left yeah. her adrift in new york which like you know where she doesn't necessarily know people outside of her connections to shaw so yes. i think that she is a character who could meet emma at her level of like we're rich mutant women who are intelligent and like yes. 
let's have a conversation about the way that you have blown past other women's agency because you thought that you knew best. Because the yes. white queen, Emma, I mean, is he... also the one who helped turn Gina to Dark Phoenix. I'm like, I love Emma, but Emma as the white queen was doing a lot of coke and doing not so great things to other women. So I think, <laughs> and in this case, even when she was trying to help, she didn't really help, right? Yes, and I think to tie us up, that would be an amazing reckoning, not just as a way to give Lourdes her agency, but to throw context on all the people that had tried to give it to her previously. previously. And I think if she turned up with just as much agency as, as Emma, it wouldn't just be a gift of us of us seeing more of Lourdes, but it would give Emma... It would be a, a gift for Emma as a character. And, and, it, and it would have to, yeah, because it would have to force her to reckon with her maternalistic influence. Yes. And, and maybe recontextualize the way she treats people like the cuckoos and other yes. people who are fast becoming her peers. Because historically, so, they've always done that with her and Celine, but Celine and Emma yes. aren't really on the same level. Like, Celine and Apocalypse are peers. Celine and Emma are not peers. Like, they don't, you know, there's no, <laughs> like, they're just not. She's like, I'm 17,000 years old. Are you really, like, debating with me about, like, our budget? This is ridiculous. Yeah, someone, you know? someone come and collect this child. Yeah. Like, <laughs> whose child is this? Right. Where's your mother? Exactly. So, like, I think that someone her own age who is just, like, from that similar high society context but is also yes. someone who knew her when she was – because, again, Emma doesn't respect Tessa enough for Tessa to check her in that way. You need yes. someone who Emma has respect for. And, like, Emma was also a used by Shaw, like sexually and physically. So there is, I just think there's a lot here. And I think that those two women could be really powerful together, but also be in tension in ways that especially if the teasers for Inferno are accurate as in the, I mean, because covers lie, obviously, but it seems like Emma may be taking on a bigger leadership role in the government to come on Krakoa, whatever yes. happens yeah, after yeah, Inferno. Yeah. And I think it would be really important for Emma to have someone she respects who is like her checking her worst impulses because otherwise you yes. just end up with the same oligarchy all over again right like the same 100%. autocracy emma needs someone who she respects to listen to and i, I totally agree i totally agree and that is going to tie us up thank you so much thank you so much for um, having me this was i love this show and it was really nice to be asked i do i my show <laughs> course, is so it's, fucking it's, long i love how bite-sized this show is you're saying bite-sized Connor, this is double the length of the original episode. I know, episode. but the, my episodes are like six <laughs> times longer than this. So for me, I'm like, this is a snack. It's an aperitif. You know what I mean? Like, it's an amuse-bouche. When it was 18 minutes and you said, here's the thing. I was like, oh, shit. shit. I, well, that's why I told you before you said, I was like, just <laughs> signal. Just tell me to shut the fuck up anytime. We're just going to do bands, remember? So and then you were like, was... do Americans say bands? I was like, no, I wanted to make you laugh. We absolutely do not say bands. <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you so much i'm i'm all for it um me personally i want to see we, we are, we're here for emma we're here for lourdes we're here for astrid coming back because we can't there needs to be black faces up in that mix it can't just be white women leading everything you and i should pitch giant size x-men emma and astrid to marvel and just write that i think we would have fun one that would be a, be a good time <laughs> so thank you everybody <laughs> thank you thank you Connor for spending the time with me thank you everybody for, for being here thank you I love you all uh, I'm Ash and I'm Connor and you've been listening to X of Words thank you perfect Done. thank you this was super fun Someone that choke, someone I fit aside.